today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. God was demonstrating through the writings of Luke here the importance of being empowered and being enabled by the Holy Spirit, both in ministry and in the life of every believer. I also believe that he's showing us that God's plan extends so far beyond our own comprehension, beyond our own understanding. John, listen, John was called, John was commissioned, anointed for ministry, I believe, before he was even conceived. When undergoing a major project or pursuing a big turn in our life, we're often challenged by our own doubt. If we could somehow know that everything we tackled would turn out successful, then we'd probably be more confident. Fortunately for us, our all-knowing Father knows just how things will turn out before it even happens. In today's message, Pastor David teaches us how God's sovereign hand moves in our lives. In today's study, we learn how God not only knows the turnout, but how the turnout was planned before we were even born. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Faithfulness of God. The angel didn't stop there. There was more besides, okay? There was more to what the angel message was. The angel went on to explain that Zacharias and Elizabeth's son was going to be a blessing not only to them, but also to many others. There in verse 14, we read, and you will have joy and gladness. And then he says, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him, before the Lord, he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. There's no doubt that Zacharias and Elizabeth were going to be filled with joy. Again, as we shared last week, they were an older couple, and now God was going to bless them finally with a child. Then not just a child, they were going to be blessed with a son. But there was so much more to this. The angel tells him that this child is going to be, again, a a, a cause for rejoice for many in Israel. The statement itself, that had to get Zacharias' attention. Again, it's more than a statement just proclaiming how special that child was. I mean, after all, aren't they all special? I mean, the only thing worse than hearing a parent tell you how special their child is, is is hearing a grandparent tell you how special their grandchildren are, okay? I know by experience. 
my grandchildren are special, uh, you know, so it's easy for me to explain that to you, but anyway. Can you imagine the, the birth announcement that could have been made with this? My child really is special. My child is going to be the forerunner of the Christ. I mean, we, they, they could have blown it so much, but that's not what happens, is it? The angel goes on to give some specifics about this child, and not only about the child, but about the calling that's going to be on his life. And we need to stop here, and we need to understand that God is giving this message about this child, not only what his name is, but the type of child he's going to be, and also the ministry, what his life is going to be, Beloved, God is giving that message before that child is even conceived. Now that ought to cause a little bit of stirring within our heart and mind. To know and to understand that God has that ability to understand exactly who John is going to be and what he's going to go through. It's not unlike what we read when the Lord speaks of Jeremiah. God clarifies that the call on Jeremiah's life had absolutely nothing to do with Jeremiah. You need to understand that. It had nothing to do with Jeremiah, but it had everything to do with the sovereign hand of Almighty God and that God was going to use Jeremiah powerfully, just like John the Baptist. He t God tells Jeremiah, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You see, here it's very similar. The angel tells Zacharias, he says, for this child will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, but he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. This idea of his not drinking wine, some say it's very possibly at least part, if not a full Nazarite vow, that this child from his very birth would be taken, that, that vow upon him. And what that vow delegates or signifies is really a separation from the things of the world and a separation to the things of God. And we know from further study that that's exactly what John the Baptist was all about. He was a man that separated himself from the rest of society. Not that he didn't speak, not that he didn't interact, but he wasn't impacted by society, but his life impacted society. You understand the difference there? Not letting society impact your life, but your life impacting society. We read in Mark chapter 1 about John the Baptist, about his person. It says he was a guy that walked around in camel hair and a leather belt, and he had this breath that smelled like honey and locusts, because that's what he ate all the time. No, I'm not telling you today to go down to the leather shop and, and get you a nice leather belt and then the camel. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, again, John's life was not impacted by culture, by the society, but his life was going to impact the community where he was. Let's face it. He was probably not the guy that you would invite over for Sunday dinner. He, if he comes into your fellowship, you're like, whoa, Man, put that guy back far in the corner someplace. 
but yet God was going to use him powerfully. One of the other things, and a major portion of what the angel tells Zacharias is, is that this child is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. And even this speaks to us about God's plans and about God's purposes for this child even before he was born. And a little bit later in this chapter, we read that uh, of Mary, the, the mother-to-be of Jesus, as she goes and she visits Elizabeth, that while she's visiting Elizabeth, and Elizabeth now is in the sixth month of her pregnancy, Elizabeth literally feels the baby leap within her womb. I believe personally that that's the point in the time where the child was filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, beloved, that's, that wasn't a choice of John's. That was a choice of God's. And then we move on a little bit further in that same passage or the same chapter in Luke, and we find out that Elizabeth then is filled with the Holy Spirit. And then further on in that same chapter, we read that Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit. God was demonstrating through the writings of Luke here the importance of being empowered and being enabled by the Holy Spirit, both in ministry and in the life of every believer. I also believe that he's showing us that God's plan extends so far beyond our own comprehension, beyond our own understanding. John, listen, John was called, John was commissioned, anointed for ministry, I believe, before he was even conceived. God had that plan. So much could be said right here Again, against the process of our nation about the wickedness of abortion. If God is planning, if God is the one who gives life, then who are we to be ones who take it away? And to believe the lie that says, oh no, that, that's just a blob of tissue that's in there. Don't worry about that. No, if God is the one who brings life, beloved, how bad it is, how wicked it is for us as a nation to be aborting the number of children that we abort even today. We need to understand that God's plan, God's purposes are so far beyond our comprehension, so far beyond our understanding. God is the giver of life. And this is something actually that Zacharias is struggling with here. In verse 18, Zacharias asks the angel, and as a matter of fact, he kind of argues with that angelic messenger. In verse 18, and Zacharias said to the angel, well, how shall I know this is really going to happen? How shall I know this, he says. He says, for I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. He would have made a great politician. He said, I'm an old man, but it's not that my wife is old. She's just advanced in years. Zacharias wanted some kind of proof, some kind of a sign that what the angel said was actually going to come true. As wonderful as that message was, as amazing as the messenger itself was, Zacharias wasn't buying it. You gotta, again, think about this for a second. You're sitting there ministering in the temple. You're doing service for the Lord. You're praying to the Lord. And suddenly an angelic messenger stands before you. I mean, you are blown away by this. And this angel comes with a message from the Lord for you. Oh yeah, how do I know that's gonna happen? That's what's going on in Zacharias right now. How do I know this is gonna happen? 
I mean, I, I'm too old for kids. My wife is too old for kids. How do I know this is going to happen? You see, the problem is, is that Zacharias was still being led by his understanding. Zacharias was still allowing himself to be controlled by his circumstances. Zacharias only saw the limitations of his own life and of Elizabeth's life. And beloved, that is the greatest of problems that you and I have as believers as we seek to follow the Lord. Be that again, we only move within our understanding. We are then controlled by our circumstances and we see the limitations of our flesh rather than recognizing that our God, whom we serve and whom we follow, has absolutely no limitations, time, space, or resources to do his will and to do his purpose within our lives. Zacharias looked at the circumstances first and what God could do last. And we're tempted to think in our own brains that that's kind of a logical way to do things. Because after all, I don't have the money to do what God has called me to do. I don't have the time. I don't have the talents. And we think in logical terms, I'm not that kind of a personality that God could use me in this way or in that manner. Well, if I really started following God, then how, what's going to happen to this portion of my life? And suddenly we start bringing in all the circumstances. We start bringing in all the limitations. We start bringing in our own understanding. And again, we limit God. But beloved, if God is real, if all that we know and we understand about God is real, there's nothing logical about putting our circumstances before following God. As a matter of fact, that's absolutely illogical. It's not my circumstances. It's the call, the promise, and the empowering work of God. But praise God, our God isn't led. He's not controlled. He's not limited by anything or anyone. And so this angel responds to Zacharias' doubt here in verse 19. The angel answered and said unto him, You don't have a clue who I am, do you, Zacharias? He says, I am Gabriel. And I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and bring to you these glad tidings. Now that ought to blow him away. It ought to blow us away. Gabriel, one of only two angels that's mentioned in the Bible. You know, there are only two angels' names that are given in the Bible. Well, okay, we'll, we'll throw the third one in there. That's Lucifer, but he's the fallen angel. But Gabriel and Michael really are the only two angel names that we have within the Bible. Now you might say, well, what about Raphael and the other guy and the other guy? Well, that's, that's in the Catholic Bible. It's not within our Bible. Those, again, not, not canonized within our Bibles. But Gabriel. And the interesting thing about Gabriel, in, in all the instances we see in both Old Testament and New, Gabriel is an angel of messenger. He, he brings the message of God whenever he comes. That's what his ministry is. We see that it's Gabriel here speaking to Zacharias. We see that it's Gabriel a little bit later that's going to come and speak to Mary. I believe also that it's probably Gabriel that speaks to Joseph, though we don't have a name. And it's Gabriel that speaks to Daniel in the Old Testament. 
The other angel that we know of is Michael, and Michael is the warring angel. Every time we see Michael, he is fighting a battle. We see that in Daniel. We also see that in Revelation. But here is the messenger of God, the main guy, the one that stands right at God's throne, coming and bringing this message to Zacharias. To have a true angelic visitation by someone as powerful as Gabriel should have and would have been overwhelming. It should have been an incredible faith builder within Zacharias's life. How about you? Have you ever taken time in your life to consider, Lord, all the things that you've done in my life since the time that you called me to yourself and perhaps even before I became a believer, I can now on this side of the cross look back and see your hand working and moving in my life. Have you ever taken time to really pause and consider, perhaps even write down just the hand of God working in your life? And then have you taken time to listen to the testimony of other believers, of how God has worked and moved in their life. Beloved, those ought to be faith builders in our lives. When we pause and consider all that God is doing, has done, and continues to do, so that when we come upon a situation where the limitations of our circumstances, of our understanding, of our resources come and hit us and we're wondering, oh my goodness, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now in our family's life or in my own personal life? That instead of worrying, instead of fretting, we can say, you know what, God, you handled that other thing. I'm giving this one to you too. You've got a pretty good track record. I can trust you in this. I don't have to hold on to this. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. I can have that peace that passes all understanding. Not because my life is perfect, not because everything is going wonderful, but because I know that I am in God's hands, the one who is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, that I can rest in him in all of that. But there's so many today that preach the message that the move and the work of God is dependent upon your faith. Dependent upon your faith. Well, if you don't have enough faith, this isn't going to happen. Think about that for a moment. What you're saying by that message is that by my limited faith, I'm handcuffing Almighty God to do his work. That doesn't make sense. As a matter of fact, I see throughout the Bible many times that God is doing his work in spite of the faithlessness of his people and of those that he called to himself. Are we able to get God to a point where he is unable to perform his will and his way simply because of the limitations of our faith? I don't believe so. But let me stop right there because you also need to understand that If we don't have faith, though God is going to do his will, his purpose, and his plan, if we don't have faith, then we don't get to be the recipients of the fullness of that plan and of that work. Listen, in essence, to what Gabriel is going to say to Zacharias. Zacharias, we're going to go for this ride. This ride is going to happen. But the problem is, is you're not going to be able to enjoy it to its fullness because of your lack of faith. But God is going to do his will and his work through you. Because in a moment, this angel says, you know, Zacharias, you're going to be mute until this child is born. What a bummer that has to be. 
Do you realize that this is the only place that we know of that the husband could come to the wife and say, guess what, honey? We're going to have a baby. (laughs) That's the only place I know. It's always the other way. The husband comes home. The wife's got this goofy-looking grin on her face, and guess what? We need to get a bigger car. Why do we need a bigger car? Well, because we're redesigning that back bedroom. When did we start redesigning the back bedroom? When I came home from the doctor today. What are you talking about? We're kind of dumb dumb that way, okay? (laughs) Zacharias could have been the one to make that proclamation, to make that, what a beautiful announcement that would have been. But because of his lack of faith, he becomes, again, mute. Beloved, you need to understand that the greatness and the majesty of God and his plan is not thwarted by your lack of faith, but what happens is, is we miss out on receiving that greater blessing and of being a greater part of his plan by our lack of faith because he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Verse 21 tells us that the people waited for Zacharias and they marveled that he lingered so long in the temple and when he came out, he could not speak to them and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. Zacharias, what took you so long? He couldn't even explain it. The majesty and the work of God that God was doing in his life at that very moment And he wasn't going to be able to share that with anyone. The unfortunate truth is, is there's many times that God is working and moving in our lives and we become mute ourselves. We make ourselves mute. We don't share the reality and the truth of the greatness and the majesty and the move and the power of God. Beloved, don't make the rocks cry out for your message. God is on the move. God is working. Are your eyes open to be able to see it? And is your mouth ready to proclaim it, even to those that might doubt it? It says in verse 23, and so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. Can you imagine Zacharias? You know, he's serving there in a week, and apparently he's got a couple more days left, because as soon as the days of his service were completed, he departed home. I think there was a new bounce to his step, perhaps, on the way home. I think things, once he got home, were a little bit different than they were. We won't go into the details, but the fact is, it says that his wife conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. God was moving God was doing something beyond the limitations, beyond the circumstances, and beyond the understanding of Zacharias and Elizabeth. And beloved, God is doing the same thing in each one of our lives. He desires to do, I believe, even more. He desires that we be a part of that. But it does call for you and I to be people who are willing to trust God beyond those limitations. Trust God beyond our circumstances, beyond our understanding, that we trust God. That has he not said it, will he not do it? I can trust him for that. 
can all remember the marketing campaign, WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? While this became somewhat cliché, the concept behind it is crucial. In each and every circumstance, we need to consider not only what Jesus would do, but what He did do when He was here on earth. As Pastor David teaches through the Gospel of Luke, we'll see exactly what Jesus did. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy of today's message. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor David, go to TheOpenWord.com and click on the Teachings page. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to TheOpenWord.com and select the Teachings page. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again, and may God richly bless you. Small